This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Well, good morning and welcome to Monday. And this is exactly why this should have been the Super Bowl should have been on Saturday. Because <laughs> ah, if you stayed up to watch and if you didn't, you're waking up going, really? Again? Yep, really again. Kansas City did what Kansas City does. As Thanos said, it's inevitable. Good morning. Welcome in. It's 6 o'clock and it is snowing out there. The roads are beginning to be snow-packed a little bit. Uh, the, actually, on, our, on my way in, which is really early, the... Um, Snow was huge and beautiful out in Broken Arrow, and then it was a little less that way on the BA inbound, got a little heavier here. It Out west, it's it's obviously a little bit different and a little bit heavier, but it is starting to get colder. We are now at freezing, which means the roads that were, you know, the, the road temperatures yesterday being in the 40s or the temperatures in the 40s, road temperatures have gotten up a little bit. That will start to freeze again. I saw trucks out to drop things to make it easier. But it will be an interesting morning on your way to work. Let's just say it like that. Now, the good thing is it's still supposed to be around 49 degrees today. So this should melt back off pretty quickly. But it's going to make for a difficult commute. I'm Rick Corey. In the other room is Bryce Hulse. How was your drive-in? My drive was pretty good. Just seeing some flurries and nothing more than that. But I was, I was very cautious this time to walk out and see the wet submit <laughs> yes. yeah, and, right. you know yeah. just kind of ta- okay we're good and then kept walking to my car yeah but yeah at this time of day as it's and i was very cautious too because it, no matter what you see if it just looks wet it could still be ice or oh, yeah. just starting to be ice and especially as we told you a thousand times and you're probably tired of hearing and you will be right until you're the one sliding on it it's those <laughs> elevated surfaces that will get you first so it's easy to be driving along. Your mind's in a lot of places. You're already thinking, I mean, I'm thinking about this. You're already mm-hmm. thinking about what you're going to be doing at work and what you have to do. And then you realize, oh, I'm on, an over, I'm on a bridge and a big one or something like that. And it does change there. So you do have to be careful. We'll keep you updated on that. And, and school closings as well, which, you know, it's, it's the Super Bowl. It's big. It's important, that kind of thing. But everybody has to deal with the conditions outside. So we'll make sure that we stay on top of that. I don't see – I haven't – I'll be honest, I've been here a long time, but I didn't even look at school closings yet. No. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen out there, but I know that will be a, something that will be on people's minds this morning. Uh, it, again, it was really big snow in Broken Arrow, but it had just not started to stick. I don't know what it's like if you have to be on the turnpike today like I will have to be. Uh, hopefully it will uh, be all clear. Well, did you stay up to watch the whole thing? I did. Yeah, I was at a friend's house. We had a group going on, so – uh, we were a part of the, the pizza party, the second biggest pizza party, I guess you could say, every year. Do so. I detect a little hoarseness? Were you screaming at the TV? <laughs> no, my allergies kicked in randomly. Uh, uh. See, it's it's weird for me, and I know this is not where you were going with this conversation, but I, I can, like, sometimes go to a house where there are dogs and stuff, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter because, like, I've had a dog myself. But sometimes, I think certain dogs, just whatever, the fur just doesn't agree with me or something. Mm-hmm. And it started just really kicking my butt. So that was <laughs> that was a part of what I kind of woke up with this morning, I think, was just my allergies. Because I had a sneezing attack on the way home. And and <laughs> and I also had to think about the fact that the Chiefs are once again Super Bowl champs. So it's, that, that wasn't it, your thing? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't my thing. Neither of those things were. Yeah, well, so I was, I, I was ready to just wash my face off a little bit, brush my teeth and get to bed. Yeah, and, and get after it, right? Um, I, well, it was hard not to stay up. And you know, honestly, I, I still wish it was Saturday. I just think it I, 
I wonder how much of this, and I'm not inside everything. If some, if everybody out there is smarter than me, so if you know this, you can let me know. Especially if you spent years in television. I've done TV. I did two years of a morning show, and I've been part of TV for a long, long time in little bits. But I don't have any idea at the network level. Do they charge more for Sunday night prime time than they do for Saturday night prime time? Because that does to me. It, I understand the NFL is a Sunday thing. I get that. And I understand that's tradition. I understand all of that. However, it, it seems to me like you could have a bigger party. Well, I guess you couldn't because that would take away Saturday as a party day. Yeah. And and then so I guess you would lose one more day. Maybe that's the thing as you're so. leading up to it. I don't know. And and I also wonder, do they charge more on a Sunday night than they do on a Saturday night? I don't know. And for for the nation, it seems like it might be better on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Or or do what many people have said a hundred times and move one of those bogus holidays to the Monday after the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. And I say bogus holidays. I mean I don't I don't I'm not getting political here or anything, but there's some things that you know you're like it's a holiday. You're like, eh. uh, you, you know, make a new one. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move Groundhog Day and then like up yes. up, up the importance a little bit to make everyone off of work and school that day. Well, then you just have to make it. You have to make somehow make that a national holiday. I don't know yeah. what to do. You know, call it. I don't know what you call it. And call it where Americans Day. Hell, I don't care. But I mean, just do something so people don't have to go to work and school today. If if you're going to continue doing what you're doing, which is play the game late. And have a halftime show that's the length of a high school football game. And, yeah. and, and that halftime show, and, and they're again, they're making money on the halftime show. And I got to say, we got a text, by the way, you and I, yesterday afternoon from Tony that said, uh, good afternoon, Rick. It's game day. Let's go Niners. Can't wait till Monday morning to hear you and Bryce break down the game. And thank oh. you for that, Tony. And it's like I've told you, you can hit our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line Anytime. It doesn't just have to be when we're here. If it's yeah. the weekend and you think, hey, this, I need to ask this, shoot it there. Mm-hmm. We'll see it. I mean, I saw that one Saturday. Or pardon me, yesterday. Uh, but, but, I mean, we can't answer it at that point. But I saw it yesterday, which means if there is something you're looking for, text it. and That'll give us time to think about it, look at it, and then we'll sure. get into it. But he, he had sent that in. And as I looked yesterday, and I got up early, and I, I got to tell you, in the, in this hectic life that is going on right about now, it goes, you know, back and forth to Oklahoma City every day for seven weeks. Even in this kind of weather, I'll just leave a little earlier today. There's a lot to do. You know, it's busy all the time. But my Saturday and Sunday mornings at this time of year, when I don't have a football game to do, if I don't have a scuba class to teach, I try to sneak downstairs before anybody else is up, sit quietly with a cup of Earl Grey and some toast. I know it sounds <laughs> stupid. And then watch YouTube videos of things that I like. A lot of times it's world cameras, just live cameras around the world. There's a couple of those I like a lot. And then yesterday I got down there and I watched nothing but YouTube videos about the week in Las Vegas. I looked at the building of the Sphere, which was a really cool video that actually Jeremy Poplin, thank you, Pop, who I know probably is taking a a bereavement day today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeremy had had, uh, told me about, which was fascinating. I watched a nice video about Allegiant and the building of Allegiant. I watched a lot of videos about just the city and how it's been, what it's been doing this week. And I am firmly convinced that the winner of the Super Bowl was Las Vegas. <laughs> it was not the Chiefs. God bless them. They're the champions. Good for you. It was, it was Vegas. There's no chance in any way you can put a number on the amount of advertising money it would have cost the city to do what they did. Because if you tuned in, and I started with it yesterday, I don't know about you, in the morning with the Nickelodeon thing. 
Yeah. Which I thought was fun as could be. And I did we did flip over occasionally to Nickelodeon broadcast. And and first of all, having Ian Eagle over there was brilliant. Because Ian Eagle, who I think is really good, is a guy who looks like one of the most serious, I would never, you know, cross a boundary guy ever. And oh, yeah. he was fun. And but having the mix of him with that look and then having a good time was just classic. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fun. So I started there, and then I you know, from that point on watched really almost everything. And they had an intro for intros. Every Everything, you know, all these big, long, meaningful, if you will, intros. Every feature had an intro. Every intro had an intro. <laughs> and almost all of them had Vegas involved in them. You know, the little and the little snippets of things they did, you know, what was it? Probably 90 seconds to two minutes with with Wayne Newton. <laughs> well, look, if, 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 most of you don't even have a clue who he is. I, I only know him because of Vegas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Mr. Vegas, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I actually saw him perform once a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, there was a concert series, again, where I worked for 38 years. We had put on this concert series downtown and that. The, you know, the listeners to that station are older, a little bit older, obviously. And in that concert series was Glenn Campbell, who is one, was one of the finer musicians you'll ever, you'll ever know. And if you don't, I mean, you probably know or have heard the name or knew some of his music. Died, you know, he passed away. He had Alzheimer's, and it was very difficult at the end. But he was one of the better guitar players ever born. As a matter of fact, he, were, he was a, as a guitar player on studio sessions for some of the most famous musicians and biggest names of the era. So he was one of them. Tony Bennett was one of them. I've heard Tony Bennett do I Left My Heart in San Francisco a cappella over here at the Tulsa Theater. Wow. Which was fantastic. Red Skelton, who you probably have to look up, was one mm-hmm. of the early classic comedians. And uh Wayne Newton was on that was on that group. And he was in his prime at the time. And the man can play every instrument ever made. And then he's you know, his singing voice was when he was, you know, younger, really pretty good. Really good. Actually he had a couple of hits. He had a hit when he was like twelve years old when Everybody thought he was a girl. Nice. Could you look up the if you look up the song Donkashade, which is you know, thank you in German, I believe. Mm. He he sang that and everybody swore that was a girl swing singing it, but it was him. When he was like fifteen years old, he had that high pitched voice. But having him you know, he's performed in Vegas for sixty five years. They had a yeah. small bit with Carrot Top, who when he <laughs> first came out I thought was funny and then I think has jumped the shark. But we heard him with Dan Patrick last Monday and he was actually really good. Sound like a really yeah. smart guy, and he was fun. Yeah, he he really got settled in Vegas. Oh you know, yeah, 20, yeah. He, 25 years ago. Yeah, or, he's been in residency now forever. Yeah, you know, I mean, so that was fun. I mean, they had those little bits and snippets, and every one of those things had an intro, and then they got to near the game, and they had intros, and every one was about Vegas. And if you watch all the things that they have done out there, which hey, you know, and then the what was it? I don't know. Two minute open walking through the casino. Yeah. I would play it, except you really it wouldn't make any sense because it's there's such a it's such a visual. Yeah. Okay. Did you know who that was doing it? No. Neither did I. Yeah. I. I said to my wife, I recognize him, but I'm not sure who he is. He's a dude who's you know he's he's a uh, he's a sports guy. He's done some. I mean, he was a player. He's done some act acting. He's done a little bit of everything. But there he is in the flamingo coat, walking through, like, you know, through the pit, actually, as though he's a pit boss. And it was so quintessential, and he did it so well, so quintessentially Vegas. And my wife thought, and I said, too, how many takes? 
because that was a lot of lines, a lot of backing up, going sideways. You know, he's stopping at tables occasionally. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for being here. I mean, he looked and acted. It was, I thought it was brilliant. And then he gets out in front of the fountains at Bellagio and, you know, with all that, and, you know, he's talking about the teams, blah, 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 and he's kind of turning it all into Vegas stuff. And then he says, then Vegas will do what Vegas does, put on a show. I mean, and I thought the city did. I thought, as you know, you, you might like it, you might not like it, but I guarantee you, they just bought themselves into the rotation. There is oh, no doubt. Sure. And when you think about other cities, it's been to L.A. a lot. It's been to New Orleans a lot. It's been to Miami a lot. And when it goes out there, that's fine. But you don't see that stuff about the city anymore when they go out there. Maybe a little, but not much. And, you know, in future years, if it goes back and that ends up being on the rotation, you might not out there either. But this time you did, and they were the winners. Now, when it comes down to the game, well, to me, there was one one moment when I looked at my wife and I said, if they don't score here, it's over. And that was in the early third quarter. And and she said, well, why do you think that? I mean, they're still in the lead, blah, blah, blah. I'm just telling you, if they don't score here, it's over. You, but, you have to separate yourself, right? <laughs> well, there was, just a, there was just a time at which, and that, we'll get into that a little bit later on. All right, so what, what's coming up today? Well, look, we blocked off everything just to do this today. We don't have a guest. We're at, we're not talking to anybody. We're just going to talk to you. And we want you to talk to us at 918-262-5072. Again, that's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Text us what you think, what you what your feelings are. How, how are you this morning? Tell us how your drive is. Honestly, I mean, if you're, you're out there driving, everyone has to, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have to drive in this. More people have to drive in this today than will do anything else today. So if you are driving in and you find a rough spot, let us know so we can pass that along. Take your time and don't text when you're driving, especially not today. But if you've got the ability to do so, 918-262-5072. If you have a question about something that happened, you want to tell us the key moment in the game for you, let us know. In the meantime, we'll tell you what happened in basketball over the weekend because it was a really good Bedlam game. And uh, them singing, the the crowd at the link singing uh, Red Solo Cup was cool. I've got the audio of that for you. Uh, Tulsa played a great game, too, and lost, unfortunately, 19 lead changes. Good news in softball for OU and OSU. The Thunder won yesterday. It was really a pretty successful weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, overall, it really was. We'll get into all those things today, and we want your responses. And, of course, we have a lot of stories about the game, a lot of stuff that happened there, and a lot of things around it we'll be getting into. We're in the Tulsa Oilers studio. That is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey, this is a Monday after the Super Bowl, and you're listening to the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Thunder beat the Kings 127 to 113 yesterday. Shea Gilgis Alexander had led OKC with 38 points. Jalen Williams scored 32, and Lou Dort added 17 points and nine rebounds. This is the first time in three meetings this year the Thunder have beaten the Kings. And the Oklahoma Sooners will be in Waco tomorrow night to face the 13th-ranked Baylor Bears. And Oklahoma State won't be in action again until they host 21st-ranked BYU in Stillwater on Saturday. Both OU and OSU are coming off their bedlam battle, in which the Sooners won 66-62. Jalen Moore led the Sooners with 15 points. Javon Small led the Cowboys with 17. That's the winter roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170, and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.
This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We will certainly do that. Take that like hearing anyone this morning who wants to talk about the Super Bowl at 620 on the Blitz 1170. Also by text at 918-262-5072. We did get a text as soon as we went to our break. A text comes from 3053. That's the last four of the phone number. And it just has a uh, Facebook link. And if you click on that Facebook link, which sometimes <laughs> you're careful to do, all it says, it's a picture of Brock Purdy. It's a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, it's even a picture of a dude who used to kneel during national anthems. And then it says the top, the 49ers last won the Super Bowl 29 years ago. Mm. <laughs> and every one of them, what does it have? It has lost, 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 and it has the Super Bowl they lost. And I just texted back, man, it, it sure does seem at this point like a curse. And then they responded with, what a game. You know, okay. yes and no. It was sloppy. Uh, it, to me, you could see the tightness in both teams. It surprised me in Kansas City because they've been there. Of course, the Niners have been there too. But if you've been there and haven't won, you have a tendency to get tighter than if you've been there and you've won. Right. Now, you, you know, when you go, this is one of the, well, any game like this is one of those where you can go and you can say, well, all the pressure's on these guys. Pressure's on the Chiefs because they're trying to prove they're a dynasty. You can say that. You can say the pressure's on the Niners because they haven't gotten over the hump. You could say that too. It looked to me like both teams felt it. And you saw that in Mahomes's kind of presence. He looked a little jittery. And then you saw it when Travis Kelsey tried to block his head coach, Andy Reid. And he's just lucky that's Andy Reid. If, you know, you do that to some of the other guys in the NFL and we're probably into a, a full-on brawl, I mean, try that with Ditka when he was coaching. Yeah. How would that have gone? Yeah. Uh, you know, or or Buddy Ryan or someone like that, how would that have gone? Uh, but instead it's Andy Reid, who's more of a father figure, I mean, as much of as, as a coach, and he even said after the game, and I'm sure they had a nice conversation about it, and I'm sure that'll that'll happen again. But when that happened, it was so uncharacteristic of this team. I mean, Kelsey had, had, has had his moments. It's how he got in trouble in college. But he'd seemed to calm down a little bit, and this time he didn't. It, it just seemed that both teams were, were ungodly tight early on, and that's what caused some of the problems, and we had a, kind of a sloppy football game. The other reason it was a little bit sloppy, at least in my opinion, and that's all I'm telling you is my opinion, is both these defenses did play, play really well, and they made it look sloppy for both offenses. Yeah, that I, has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's the the reason why you saw some quick turnovers early on, mm -hmm. right, and almost turnovers. Um, it, it seemed like both defenses were well prepared for mm -hmm. each other, and you, you eventually saw anytime the another team such as the Forty ers when they finally got on the board to finally break that threshold, it came to the creativeness of of, of Shanahan mm -hmm. or Reed to, to be able to break through that. You know, you saw the Juwan Jennings pass back to Christian McCaffrey. That's mm -hmm. when things really started to unfold a little bit. But definitely early on, it seemed like both teams were really fighting it out. They were, and, and you expect both defenses to, you know, look for twists and play twists and that kind of thing. And you then you expect both those offenses to try to find ways to make things happen. And the Niners were successful early in running the football specifically. Yeah. And then kind of dinking and dunking first downs. But the Chiefs gave them so many opportunities that they couldn't take advantage of. And mm -hmm. there was the, the moment when Mahomes threw the interception. In the, you know, and, and when that happened, and, the, and I, I, one thing that, kept, that kept, kept happening over and over again is the broadcast team, and it was Romo and Nance, and Romo can occasionally drive me crazy, although I thought he was mm -hmm. a little more controlled in this game, whether they ask him to or whatever, but I thought he was a little more controlled. 
But th- they made it sound like, you know, when you go into halftime with the Chiefs up by a touchdown, and they made it sound like the game was over. I mean, they, they, they made it sound like, well, the Chiefs are in all this trouble, and oh, my God, it's a one-score game, fellas. <laughs> you got a lot of football left, and I believe that's still Patrick Mahomes running in that locker room. But they made it sound as though the game was over, like it was a nightmare end of the world, the way the Chiefs, you know, yeah. they're behind and up they're on unraveling. But when he threw the interception, and it was not a great throw, I, I kind of see where he was trying to go, but he missed badly. He missed the deep guy short. He missed Kelsey long. When he threw the interception, I turned to my wife and I said, if, if the Niners don't score here, they will lose. And that was at that time, uh, what was it? it was It wasn't 10-3. Oh, I can't remember. Um, but when he, I, I said that, and she said, "Why? They're you know, they're not doing anything. They're they're playing they're playing great." I said, "I'm just telling you, as a guy who's done this for a long time, if the Niners don't score here, the way they have had opportunity after opportunity, the way the Chiefs have given them things, and they have not taken advantage of them, and the Chiefs have played horridly on offense. And part of that, of course, is San Francisco playing well on defense." But if they don't score here, it's, they're going to lose, even though they're up. And you could feel it. Yeah, and I, it was it was ten three early in the third. Yeah, I quarter. thought okay, it was still ten yeah. three, but I I couldn't remember if it was ten three or, or if it had gotten if it were just a, a series later. But then you know they they do that, and the Niners don't score in that possession. But then the Chiefs don't score in their possession, and she said, "See," and I said, "Wait, just wait, <laughs> just wait. It's going to change." Yeah, and remember on on Friday when we talked about keys, I said if you rush Mahomes correctly. And that is not give him those gaps. And what did they do for three quarters? They rushed Mahomes effectively. Mm-hmm. Chase Young played like he should play all the time yeah. when he's not taking plays off, which is what he does most of the time. He was playing great. Bosa was being double teamed most of the time, but still doing a nice job. They wrapped those corners. Uh, that was difficult to get outside. But then they were able to not only spy Mahomes, and they were doing it with Fred, and Fred can keep up with them, but they were able to also rush effectively to the inside and take away a lot of those lanes. And then what happened on the final drive? He got out. Mm-hmm. Mahomes got out because, it. you know, why? Guys get tired. Yeah. You can't do the same things in the fourth quarter as a defensive lineman you do in the four, in the first quarter. And you can say all day, neither can Mahomes. He can do more of it than they can. If you think in the fourth quarter that Mahomes is more tired than Chase Young and, and Bosa, you're crazy. They're all athletes. They all, you know, stay in shape, blah, blah, blah. Dude's carrying a lot less weight around. And and he, As much as we don't think so sometimes, <laughs> some of the pictures we see. <laughs> and, and he's just capable. And yeah. on the fourth down where he scrambles, I mean, that's an RPO that just opened the instant he he turned right. the corner. As soon as he took two steps, he knew where he was going. You need two when he gets 15. You, yeah. know? you knew what was going to happen there, and you knew with him back there, fourth and one's going to be pretty simple if mm-hmm. they don't sack him, which, you know, in the first quarter, that might be a sack. But then, you know, they're tired enough, the rush isn't the same, and exactly what I said, if you keep him in the pocket, but then they couldn't, and he got out and he made a couple of big runs on that drive, and he got them where they're going. But with all this going on, still, you don't see hardly anything about the missed extra point, which they hit that. We don't go to overtime. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is that simple. And, yeah, both these kickers have been pretty good at the right time. Butker's been really good. You had two record field goals. You have a 55, then, oh, hey, I'll just do better at 57. <laughs> and he kicked that thing so low, it went through the hands of two defenders. Two guys got their hands yeah. up. And you see one here and one here, and I swear that ball framed the middle of them. <laughs> and it was the exact same height. Either either guy could have blocked that kick. This was 
one of those games that it was, when they say it's a game of inches, holy cow, was it ever a game of inches? And then in the final play, if you break it down and watch it slowly, <laughs> San Francisco had no chance. And, oh, yeah. and that was not as much of a pick as you might think either, because as soon as that happens, you're thinking pick. In the, but if you watch the, if you watch it, the outside guy just runs right at his defender and just stands there. Mm-hmm. He didn't get him. He didn't actually physically contact him in any way. He just stood there, and that allows Hardman to sneak out behind him. No chance, and the game's over. But it, to me, it was the, the Frisco did keep him in the pocket for three quarters. Then they couldn't, and that was a huge difference. And they did not that that Mahomes interception should have been the turning point for San Francisco, wasn't. And look, at the end of the day, the guy, and I I agree with LeVar Arrington. I don't think the MVP should have gone to Patrick Mahomes. I think it should have gone to Spagnola. Mm. Uh, you know, I know you can't do that. You know, we're not supposed to do that. But that dude's the MVP. Mahomes yeah. played well, and especially late. Didn't play well early, but he's still the X factor. But the guy who ought to win the MVP is the guy who came up with that defensive plan. I'd say so. Um I feel like he was able to put Brock Purdy into situations where he would try and rush something. Um, you know, you'd find situations that I would see a lot in college with Purdy where he'd be able to rush them and he would try to bit the, put the ball like right in the right spot mm-hmm. while he'd take on a rush. Um, wasn't able to go according to plan. And I think when you have as many weapons as they do, be able to hurt you in multiple different ways, like McCaffrey, who was able to get a lot of yardage early on on the ground, uh, be able to throw it out to him in the flats, have Ayuk and Samuel mm-hmm. going across the middle. You didn't really see a lot of Kittle, but you know those were massive opportunities. I think that you didn't really see a lot of in terms of just the wide variety of plays that they can hurt you in. And he and Purdy was fine. He was twenty three of thirty eight. He I think Purdy wasn't a bad game, right? I mean, well, it was not. I mean, it's, it, percentage wise, that's right at sixty percent, two hundred fifty five yards, one score, no interceptions. He didn't turn it over, so he wasn't awful. Certainly, right. but he didn't beat you. Now, if you look at Mahomes' numbers, he was 34-46, so he completed almost 74% of his balls. For 333, two touchdowns, one interceptions, he did throw the pick, but he did have more impactful. Now, I would say in that third quarter was Purdy's best quarter. He did hit some nice crossers. Jennings was having a really good game in there, yeah. and that was making a difference. But at the end of the day, he's not the guy who, who made that difference. And when he scrambles, it's different. I mean, he gets out okay, and he mm-hmm. can move. He's but quick. He is, me. but the, but when he, he Mahomes is one of those guys who never looks like he's running fast, but you can't catch him, you know. And and Purdy looks like a guy you can catch for some reason, yeah. even though he looks. I mean, his legs kind of look like the road runner <laughs> when he's <laughs> running. You really see him giving after it, uh, just not able to get where he wants to go. Uh, so to me, it was as I talked about keep him in the pocket. They did, then they couldn't. But then that when they didn't score on that interception, to me that was the game. Uh, I just yeah. I felt right there that the Chiefs realized, kind of took a deep breath. You're right. Here we go. Now we do what we do, and then they started doing what they do at that point, and just kind of slowly built that momentum. And really, they didn't get they didn't really get into it in that mid fourth quarter. But still, uh, to me, that was the game. Six thirty one on the Blitz eleven seventy. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Hulse in the next room. Now let's get your opinion at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's what we want today. I want your feedback. I want your thoughts. If you are on the way to work, want to tell us what your drive is like. We'd love to hear that, so we can do the best we can and kind of keep up with that this morning. If we know anything about school closings we'll let you know that as well here right here on the blitz 1170 the blitz 1170 your new home for dan patrick from the oklahoma sports desk it's time for a two-minute drill on the blitz 1170 and streaming on the blitz 1170 app
Both OU and OSU had successful softball weekends. The top-ranked Sooners edged out the 10th-ranked Washington Huskies 4-3 in extra innings and then pummeled Long Beach State 11-3. And the OSU Cowgirls with wins over LMU, Utah State, UC Riverside, and then finished up on Sunday with a 9-1 victory over 8th-ranked UCLA. And the Kansas City Chiefs are once again Super Bowl champs. They outlast the 49ers 25-22 in just the second overtime game in Super Bowl history. Mahomes found Nicole Hardman for a walk-off touchdown to secure his third Super Bowl championship with the Chiefs. Mahomes was 34-46 with 333 yards and two touchdowns. That's the window roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. We've already had a couple of people on it this morning, and we'd love to have your response at 918-262-5072. Get another one from 3053. says, what a game. Mahomes is a goat. There's no doubt Patrick Mahomes is a goat, and I have to be really honest, and I'm going to tell you something that's going to be embarrassing and it'll probably make you believe I knew that guy was stupid. Coming out of college, I just didn't think he was going to be great in the NFL. You know, he was in that Texas Tech system that had produced really good quarterbacks who went into the NFL and were okay. Yeah. You know, And I watched, like I think a lot of us did, that incredible, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it, showdown between Tech and Oklahoma with Mahomes throwing for over 700 Mayfield for over five. And even in that game, you went, you thought to yourself, well, that's an Oklahoma defense that wasn't very good, and that's college football. And you might have thought it, they were great. And I, I, I will never forget this. It's one moment that makes me smile. I was doing a su- Sunday remote at a client's store over in South Tulsa, and the client was a huge, huge, huge Chiefs fan. And they had just drafted Mahomes. And the place is, um, it's a carpet and like, oh, you know, outdoor furniture type place. And they were, and inside it's really cool. They have every pinball machine known to man. So if you're trying mm-hmm. to set up a game room, right? Yeah. And they have pool tables and old-fashioned shuffleboard, which I hadn't seen in years. <clears throat> and I was back playing shuffleboard with the owner's son, and the owner and I were playing pool. <laughs> you were just having a great time. But we're having the conversation the whole time about the drafting of Mahomes. And I just kept telling him, you know, I think he's a good player, but I'm just not sure that'll carry over. I wasn't convinced going into the NFL. I thought he'd have a nice career. Didn't think he'd be like this. I missed on him 1,000%. There's no question. I just absolutely whiffed on him. Uh, I just didn't see it. Now, I'd love to know from you at 918-262-5072. Around here, it's Big 12 country, so you saw him at Tech. More than likely saw the game I'm talking about, the, the you know, the game against Oklahoma, and especially because Baker had come from there. You know, so that was fun too, right? So there was the matchup stuff, and you, you, you probably thought one way or another when the Chiefs drafted him as well, especially if you're a Chiefs fan. And no matter which draft you go to, some fan base somewhere is going to boo a pick. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Even if it's your first rounder, somebody somewhere is going to go, we shouldn't have taken him. <clears throat> so maybe somebody out there agrees with me. I don't have a clue. What did you think about him coming out of college? Well, I remember having a conversation many months. I think it was probably off season last year, um, like spring of 2023. I forgot what brought it up. But I remember thinking how, you know, back in the day with Patrick Mahomes, it would be interesting to see what – he would have been looked at as had he come from a Texas 
or come from an OU, uh, just because I do think that he was obviously a very good player. But one thing that I kind of had a problem with was that, yes, the defense was always terrible at Texas Tech, and so you could always say if that was a little bit better, maybe his team could have changed it up a little bit. But he never won against OU. He never won against OSU, mm-hmm. for that matter. And he had a lot of times where he didn't seem to have the clutch gene. He had moments where he could have taken advantage of against OU or OSU where the defense finally gets a stop Mm -hmm. and he throws an interception at a bad time or something like that. So he was certainly incredible from a standpoint of just making amazing throws, a guy that can really, you know, stack up on the stat sheet. But he didn't seem to have that clutch gene to me. And so I was always curious even with that problem, maybe he could have been looked at in a different light, especially when you talk about Heisman and things like mm-hmm, that, because true. the stats were so great. If he had been at OU or Texas or University of Texas, but uh, I think that's one thing that if you're going to look at a problem about if he's going to be able to transfer that game over to NFL, that's what it would be for me. Was that it didn't seem like he had a clutch gene, even for those moments where the defense is finally able to get a stop and he has a chance to win that big game, which he never mm-hmm. really did. He didn't. He didn't. So what is it then that clicked him with him in the NFL? I mean, is is it simply once you just get to that next level and you're able to be around world-class athletes at every turn and just get the right system around you? Well, that could be part of it, but from what you just said. Yeah, yeah, being able to be clutch, right? Right. You were not able to do that. And that's Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, to me, the definition of clutch is not just winning with great players around you. It's winning when players around you aren't that good. Mm. You know, when, and I don't, I don't mean you can, I'm not saying you can take Barry Sanders and put him on UConn's football team and they'd go <laughs> win a conference title. Right. They'd be a lot better. But would a clutch player, you know, take a horrible team? Probably not. So we can rule that out. But Texas Tech wasn't horrible, they were a mid level mm. football team. So it, should a clutch player be able to do that? Then how do you become that guy in the NFL? Is what he just said the key? Andy Reid? Because we know at Tech, you can say all day that he was a system player. And everyone at Tech at that time was a system player. You had to be. That's what the, yeah. you know, They had a system, and it worked really well. So you didn't deviate much from that. Sure, they gave him a little room to create. But you heard him just say, he lets me be me. So Andy mm-hmm. Reid certainly has a great offense, and he certainly has a great offensive mind. But he lets Mahomes be Mahomes at the same time. And maybe that's maybe it's as simple as that. Now he he's also had great. I mean, when you got the cheetah and you have Kelsey yeah. and you have Rasheed Rice step up and you've got a guy you know like Pacheco do what he's doing and you've got a, a good off. I mean, it makes a huge difference. And when you got Spagnola's defense, but even you know if you think about early when the Chiefs weren't playing that well, it wasn't him. I mean, it was drop passes. Hmm. It was other things that were causing the problem. So I agree with you, but then if, if you know if if it's trying to get to that clutch, you don't just get to the it, yeah. NFL and suddenly you're more clutch against against better athletes, even though you have better athletes too. Mm-hmm. So is it as simple as that? Uh, and I don't know. I, I'm just saying, uh, would he, hearing him say that, and you could say all day long, well, he's just being kind to his coach. Well, Andy Reid's pretty good at it. There's a reason he's been in that many <laughs> Super Bowls with different teams. But I I just wonder what it was that, that flipped that switch. He was great in college, but he didn't win those games. And maybe it maybe in college it has more to do with all the guys around you because once you get to the NFL, everybody's good. Yeah. You and know, when unless you, you're, you know, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry. When, when, you, when, when you when you have uh 
when you have guys like Tyreek again, that's that's the thing that I would see a lot at Texas Tech is is the way that he obviously had such good arm strength and accuracy to be able to throw a deep ball with. But you know, I think maybe that's one of the biggest things that could translate is being able to have a tight end that's you know kind of like that Rob was with Tom Brady, where mm-hmm. you just have this big burly tight end that seems to have you know, just beer in his bloodstream and it just find a way to work. Yeah. Yeah. That might be beer. It might be, it might be liquor. <laughs> it might be something worse. Uh, I thought it was really inappropriate when he bumped Andy Reed. You just don't do yeah. that. And especially to a guy who's been in your corner. Hey, I've always said, and I've said this before to people when I see them making the mistake, you better know who's on your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to get bitter about anything. I don't care what it is in your life. There's something that's going that's, that's not going well, more than likely. And it's easy to get bitter about that. And then some, when you do that, what's the easiest thing to do? Take that out on the people closest to you. Lash out. Yeah, and especially if they're close to you. Because familiarity does breed contempt, let's be honest. The longer you're around someone, the more that can happen. And you take it for granted that they're your friend or they're your partner or whatever, and you do that sometimes. I think we're probably almost all guilty of it. And if you're yeah. not, God bless you, you're one of the best humans in the world because it <laughs> happens. And so it's really hard sometimes to not. But in that situation, with the problems he's had in the past, and I'm not saying he's a drug addict or he's out attacking people or any of those things, but he had his problems at Cincinnati. He had his problems with temper early on. As a matter of fact, in the um, I th- which I thought was really good, in the early CBS, well, before the game, they did, of course, a bunch of interviews, but they did one where Cower sat down with Andy Reid and Bill Cow- And I thought, it was, I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they're part of that I'll get to in a minute when they talk about retirement. But in part of that was they asked about Kelsey. And he said, you know, he, yeah, he's, you know, he's a very emotional guy. You know, you know, he, you know, they had, they showed the pictures of him throwing the helmet, you know, the film of him throwing the helmet and all that stuff. And he said, you know, he's, you know, he just wants to win so badly, blah, blah, blah. But you better know who's in your corner because those are the people you don't do that to. If you want to go to the sideline and, and, you know, let your emotions out, which I understand and kick stuff and scream and throw your helmet and blah, 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 go ahead. But you, you you don't do that to you, the guys who have helped you get where you are, and yeah. that that I thought was it was. I understand the emotion; I really truly do. But I I thought that was just one of the moments that you got to look back on that and think to yourself, "Man, I messed that up." Well, there's a line, right? And like that's the thing is, uh, I think that a part of it can be comfortability. Sometimes you can get really comfortable to the mm-hmm. point where you feel like you can do stuff like that. And I thought it was handled well in terms of the way. That you know the broadcasters talked about it. It wasn't. I was really concerned that you know we were gonna once back go to the oh well that's just the emotion that Travis shows and and that's the problem that I have is again like you said right there like you understand how emotion can get sure. to be a part of it but there's a line there too and we need to you know draw that line pretty specifically instead of just letting oh well he's an emotional player get into it even to the point of you being physical with your head coach. Yeah, I think part of that, too, I've said a thousand times, I don't believe players are heroes. I don't believe players are heroes. I don't believe, believe, you know, film stars, music. They're not heroes. They're people with exceptional skill sets. But if you do that and, and young people see you do that, and then it's explained away as nothing more, well, that he's an emotional player, then they will mimic that. Yeah. And I'm not saying they would do it on purpose. I'm not saying that. But it just makes it okay. Yeah, that's a very real possibility. <laughs> well, I, I hope not. And I know that, that might sound old school, mm-hmm. but I hope not. Because certainly I don't think you'd want your son, daughter, whoever yeah. doing that. I wouldn't think. 
I mean, I certainly wouldn't either. And, and again, I understand. You know, Kelsey is one of the guys who apparently gave such an emotional pregame speech that people were crying in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So that same emotion works for his football team. There's no doubt yeah, about when that. When it's channeled the right way, right? Yeah. And, and, and you can't always do that, I understand. And, I, again, I do really understand the situation, but it was really early in the game. You know, if you're doing that mid-fourth quarter when you haven't even been targeted yet, you know, at that point you'd actually had chances to catch balls. I think he had one catch for one yard at that point. Mm-hmm. So he didn't, there wasn't <clears throat> there wasn't much going on, and I understand what he, you know that he's 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 frustrated. But you actually they had targeted you more than once. It just wasn't working out. So um, that's a lot to say. It's unfortunate that that happened, and I hope that no no you know players look at that and go, well, that's okay then. Play with right. emotion, but you do have to also be smart about it. It's 648 on the Blitz 117. You've got a, a text here. I'll read this before we get to our, our break because we have this day in sports history coming up with Bryce, which I imagine is going to have a whole lot of football in it. We get this text from Rachel that says, Rick, so agree with your assessment of the game. The Chiefs were subpar all season. Yes, they won when it was necessary and won on the road to get there, and those are key points. But San Francisco did not take advantage of what was basically put on a platter and handed to them. The entire defense should have been named MVP, and they should have carried spags on their shoulders. Yeah, mm-hmm. Should have done a Buddy Ryan right there. <laughs> this is my favorite part. As for Romo, Nance should have sent him to get nachos, then locked him out of the booth. <laughs> He's more annoying than the cutaways to Taylor Swift cheering Go Chiefs. <laughs> uh, I did not count in the first half, but there were not as many cutaways to Taylor Swift. Plus, if you noticed, by the way, in the pregame, how many other quote-unquote stars did they show at the game? They showed LeBron, and they showed, um, well, oh, yeah, I had a I'd list at that moment. Yeah. I, I actually said to my Christine, we should write this down. I think I, I saw uh, DiCaprio. Was one did you? Two. I yeah, didn't yeah. see that. And we saw we saw Jay-Z and Beyonce, uh, and we saw, God, we had to see eight, ten others, mm-hmm. you know, at the game. Um, I can just look at Taylor Swift's <clears throat> suite alone. Yeah. <laughs> Like but the but they showed with. those other people, and then yeah. suddenly it's like, oh, oh, oh now are you mm-hmm. mad at them? Yeah. You know, and yes, they cut back to Taylor Sweet, and she chugged a beer once in the stadium, went crazy, which I thought was really kind of fun. I, I think that actually brought a lot of people back on her side. <laughs> Ultimately. Well, she should have been at the Waste Management Open. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Or or the Wasted Management <laughs> Open, as we shall call it from Honestly. this point forward. And it, I, I I saw a tweet, I don't know if it's true or not, that Monaghan was saying, you know what, we just, we just may not. We may take the whole damn tournament away next year. Mm-hmm. What happened there was it was, it was, pretty mi- embarrassing. It was a microcosm of unfortunately, where we're headed. <laughs> and I hope some point we can stop. Well, I promise we'll do that a little later today as well. It is 651 on the Blitz 1170. Hey, if you've got, you know, if you want to talk about that one, you can let us know too. But anytime golfers are cursing out fans at the tee box, you might have a problem. And uh, this is the Blitz 1170. You can catch us, of course, on the Blitz 1170 and the Blitz 1170 app streaming live. He is Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. 918-262-5072 is your neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. I want your comments on everything, your keys to the Super Bowl, your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes or the Wasted Management Open, any of those things, the number of cutaways, I don't care. 918-262-5072 here on the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 
The Oklahoma Sooners will be in Waco tomorrow night to face the 13th-ranked Baylor Bears, and Oklahoma State won't be in action until they host 21st-ranked BYU in Stillwater on Saturday. Both OU and OSU are coming off of their bedlam battle, in which the Sooners won 66-62. Jalen Moore led the Sooners with 15 points. Javon Small led the Cowboys with 17. And yesterday, the Thunder beat the Kings 127-113. SGA led OKC with 38 points. Jalen Williams scored 32. And Lou Dort added 17 points and 9 rebounds. This is the first time in three meetings this year that the Thunder have beaten the Kings. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.